You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Sex and relationship advice you can use tonight. Welcome to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. I'm Jessica O'Reilly, your friendly neighborhood sexologist here with my partner in crime, Brandon Ware. Super excited to be here. And today it's our pleasure to welcome Kendra Lust, adult film film star, owner of Society 15 Talent Agency, and former registered nurse. Now, Kendra and I met working on a TV show not too long ago. This is a show that's broadcast on Amazon, Dinner with Danny. And the concept of this show involves four adult film stars and one random person, like me, <laughs> sitting around and having dinner in a restaurant in New York, down in Soho. Danny Daniels is the host and co-creator. And what she and her husband found was that whenever they'd go out for dinner with her work colleagues, other adult film stars, uh, who are ultimately all entrepreneurs, they'd be discussing the ins and outs uh, of the adult film industry. And Everyone around them would lean in to listen. They wanted to be a part of that dinner conversation instead of the mundane talk at their table. So they decided to make a show out of it, and Kendra and I met on set. So welcome, Kendra. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Happy to have you. So uh, let's talk a little bit about Dinner with Danny. Was that a unique experience for you? I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a very cool way for all of us to kind of connect um, or to connect with different personalities, um, but being involved with the same type of, of business, the business of sex. So it was really neat. And our theme for the show we were on was MILFs. Yes. So that is a term that I'm uh, familiar with. Uh, I entered the industry, you know, uh, as a MILF and, you know, have been in the same, are categorized as a MILF um, and kind of embraced it, you know, so, so, yeah. Well, can we talk about how you made your foray into the industry? What was your journey to becoming an adult star? Because for you, we would say it's a bit later in life, although you are still very young, but for the industry, you were in your 30s, correct? Yes, that's correct. And, you know, when when you enter in your 30s or some some girls when they're or women when they're in their late 20s, they're considered a MILF in the industry. So it was it wasn't really a shock for me, but it was kind of like, wow, you know, um, it's just it's just different how um, they categorize women or what genre you're placed in um, in adults. So um, when I you know, started in the industry, it was not something I ever had planned to do. For me, I was a fan of the industry. I enjoyed watching, you know, uh, adult films with my husband or porn, so to speak. Um, and we just enjoyed it for us. It was just kind of spicy for us. It helped us um, kind of keep things exciting in the bedroom. Um, and then my sister uh, was brutally beaten by her ex-husband. Um, she was in ICU for a couple months. I was 
uh, able to, well, I was kind of forced to take in her kids with my, with my husband because there was nobody that could take care of them. So here we have a five, five month old of our own. We have two young kids and my husband is, um, also, uh, well, he was a police officer, but he's also off work with an injury. So we kind of had a full house and not a lot of money to go around. So I was trying to help my sister maintain her house so she wouldn't lose her house. Um, so I started webcamming. I thought, how can I make money fast? I, you know, if I go back to school, this is not going to, to solve my, my problem. You know, we need money and we need it fast. Um, and I didn't want to go back to um stripping in my hometown, especially not at my age. I thought, oh, not a good idea. So I found out that I could be somewhat discreet webcamming. I could block the city of Michigan and, you know, some of the states that my family's lived in, and I could make money. So I did that. I did it for a few months, was pretty successful, and then decided uh, that I wanted to do film. The thing I didn't realize was how big the internet was. I was so used to just watching DVD. You know, that's what my husband and I did. So we didn't realize how big the internet was. After about six months of doing it, uh, some people in my hometown found out. And then it was kind of like, well, obviously it's not a secret. So we decided um, either go big or go home. We couldn't take it back. Um, and I decided to make a career out of it. So that's kind of how I got started. And you say go big or go home, and you've won multiple awards. Yeah. It's like you've, you've stumbled into celebrity status, you know, in and out of the industry. Uh, you know, you talk about your husband. I know you have a child. I think to many people, yeah. they, they see you as a star. And so being the star, you might be perceived as unreal or kind of unattainable. But, you know, you and I have chatted your life is a lot like my life, a lot like, you know, our producer Kelly's life, a lot like other people's <laughs> lives. Uh, what is the biggest misconception people have about your life? They think uh, what I do defines who I am. And that is the, my biggest quote, or the quote I use the most, because it is so untrue. I am not just a sex object. I don't just, you know, my life is into a big party every night. And I think a lot of people think that or they they think that they can treat you uh, less than a woman and, and that's so far from the truth. You know, I still command the same respect that um, a woman who is a nurse, you know, respects. So and and I so that part is hard for me. I guess at times are difficult for me um, to deal with, but that is something that I, I chose to take on when I decided to get into adults. So that's something that I have to deal with. Um, but what people do does not define who they are, you know, and I think for a lot of people, they become so wrapped up in their careers that they forget who they are, or they lose their sense of self. And for me, I'm much cooler and much happier being Michelle than I am Kendra. You know, um, I identify with a Midwest mentality who gets up, takes her little one to school every day, volunteers, you know, at her school because I want to be there and I want to be involved, um, spends time with family, has holidays at the house, um, but doesn't enjoy wild sex in the bedroom. And, and that's just, that's how I'm wired and that's, that's who I am. Um, but, but Kendra is not, that's not me. You know, that's a, that's a little part of me. So, I love that after, uh, sorry to interrupt, I just, I love the idea that 
after all is said and done, you're the same person taking your kids to school, uh, going about your day, like every other person does. It's just that your job is very, very different. So how do people respond to you when you're volunteering and you're doing these other events in your community that everyone else does? Do they, do you find that they interact with you differently or is it just that initial interaction that you have where they're a little like, Oh, what do you do? And then you tell them and they, because they're uncomfortable with, with the whole topic that they interact differently with you initially. And then do they warm up to you? Like, how do you find that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a, such a good question because I, people ask me that all the time. They're like, oh my gosh, well, how do you respond or what do you say? And, you know, we built a home in, in this, uh, this sub about a year ago um, and we were new in the sub. The sub hasn't been completed and neighbors were very friendly and I just, I own it. And when, once you own it, what can people say? So it's like, yeah, I do adult films. It's you know, provided a great life for my family. Also, you know, I'm calling her this, blah, blah, blah. And you just own it. And it's like, oh, wow. You know, and one thing, once you, you, you're not ashamed and you just say it like that, what else can they say? You know, and, and, and for me, I'm not ashamed of what I do. Um, I'm proud of what I do. I'm proud of my sexuality. Um, but I think people before, before we get to that conversation, a lot of times people have already gotten to know me on a, a, a just a normal level, like, you know, being the mom who has the kids over, you know, at the house and roasting marshmallows in the backyard, or, you know, uh, they're asking me to kind of watch their kids. And it's weird, you know, I, I wasn't here that long. And, and one of the neighbors was like, do you mind if, you know, Riley comes over for a couple hours and we'd known them for about six months, but they didn't realize what I did. Um, and then they found out and they said, you know what, we don't care. When we met you and your husband, we knew you guys are really nice people and our daughter loves coming down to play and we're fine with that. Like she loves you guys. So it's like, you know, I, 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 I get that side, uh, you know, of, of the neighbors and I'm sure there are the neighbors that, that turn their, their noses up at me or whatever, but I, I don't really, it is what it is. And, and that's their problem. That's their small mind. It's really interesting for someone to change their the way they feel about you once they know who you are. Like I, I love this idea that it's like they like who you are as a person. And then once they know yeah. you, the idea of disliking you because of what you do, you're acting, it's really difficult to change how they feel. I'm sure some people are vehemently opposed to the idea. And for those people, so be it. But for you know your average person, it's like, yeah. hey, we really like you. We don't care what you do, right? Like it's great. Yeah. And I think that's the that's other that's Sorry, you go ahead. <laughs> I was just saying that's what my husband said. He said, you know, he said, and he goes, and I know you're not ashamed, honey. He says, but, you know, he goes, I think it's best if we just not. And we don't, I don't really even come out and talk about it a lot, especially like at the school. Like even I think that the two girlfriends that my little one, because she's in first grade now, are his best friends with, I don't even think their parents know what I do at all. I just say I travel for work, you know, I have a supplement company. And, and I try, and I don't think they know. And I, and I don't really think if, if they did know, but it's not really relevant to like us hanging out or our kids or, you know, we just enjoy each other. You know, we do Halloween parties and we rotate once a month who's going to have, uh, you know, a get together and the kids play. And it's like, I don't know, it just never really comes up. So I'm fine with that. So I have a question for you about uh, about the industry, about about the adult film industry, porn. Your job really is to act. 
right? But I'm assuming at some points you must enjoy the scene or the role that you're playing. So do you have a tell that somebody might look for if they're watching your scene that might say, oh, wow, she's really like, she's not acting. She's actually really enjoying this scene that's happening right now. You know, um, I try to uh, treat every scene or bring as much excitement or fire intensity to everything. But that obviously isn't always possible. You know, you're more connected to somebody or more attracted to somebody. Um, you know, I, my, well, my husband will tell me, he's like, oh, I can tell you're really into that scene because my chest will get flushed. And I think that's just with, you know, orgasm, you know, an intense orgasm. So, so maybe my fans can tell that, but I don't know that they're really able to tell. In all honesty, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't analyze my scenes. I don't watch my scenes. I just perform. I just do it. So right. And maybe I should. <laughs> no, I, I think I don't want to critique myself. You know, I don't want to say, oh, I don't want to make that face or, oh, I shouldn't. No, I just want to be. I just want to, you know, just do, do it, you know, so. I love the idea that you don't critique yourself after the fact. You just kind of roll with it. So I, I, I get this question. I get this question a lot and I wonder if your partner does too, but people are really intimidated or perhaps are just insecure because of what you do. I mean, people will say to me, I don't know how you, you can handle it because Jess is a sexologist and she talks about sex all the time and she travels and she, you know, so how does your partner feel about what you do kind of given our hangups with uh, sex and, and possessiveness in our culture? Oh, that's a good question. And he does get that question all the time. You know, there's a guy at the gym, he said, how does it feel to be Mr. Lost? And he's this doctor that we actually go to now. But my husband was really pissed off when he said that. He's like, I'm not Mr. Lost. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked. And there's no, because he's like, you must get something out of the deal, huh? And he's like, there's no deal. Like, that's how it works. You know, I just kind of shut the guy down. And he was just kind of pissed off. Like, Really? You know, so, um, you know, so for the most part, he's, he's just a very, very patient, um, uh, he's very unfiltered, though, that's another part of him, but he just kind of goes with the flow, and, and for him, it doesn't bother him, he's secure with his sexuality, he's secure with us, he's, he's good with everything, and he's like, obviously, if you know, I wasn't good with it, then we wouldn't be together, so, so he, he handles it really well you know it it doesn't bother him because he knows that what we have is more important is deeper than anything on film any any other person I'm with that is all superficial you know we have a connection we have a life we have real intimacy well you're acting right it's no different than an actor yeah and uh, yep. I, I mean, yep. for me, I mean, that's amazing that he doesn't have that filter. And I think you, you said something that was poignant. He's comfortable. He, he's his own person and he's just, he's confident. And I think for me, I struggled with that initially when people would say to me years ago, how do you feel? And, and I'd feel like I'd need to defend myself or, and then after a while I was like, you know what? No, like there'd be times where yes, I'm insecure and I'm, I'm insecure. And then I just kind of owned it. Like you said about everything, you know, you own it. And then from that point onwards, you can move forward with confidence. So I I want to ask you a question about your relationship because you have this loving, intimate 
secure relationship. I mean, how have you cultivated that? What can we learn from you? Oh boy. I think it's for us, or at least for me, I, and I don't want to say, Oh, I don't believe in divorce, you know, uh, because sometimes it's just better when people aren't together. You know, some people weren't meant to be married, but I think, um, with us, we have a very deep rooted, a love that started when we were kids. I mean, we knew each other when we were eight. Um, we started dating at 14. So we were each other's first love. Um, and we've grown together. We've grown apart. We've grown back together. But the thing is with us, we haven't given up on each other, you know, and, and we, we don't try to change. I'm not trying to change him. He's not to, trying to change me, you know, even though parts of us have changed, and I don't know if that makes sense, but we accept each other for who we are, and we remember why we fell in love in the first place. So we've, you know, always had an attraction towards each other, but you know, it's it's constantly trying to um, nurture our marriage, and and you know, it's not always easy. There's days I wanted to throw in the towel, you know, and he has too, but we don't give up on each other. So, um, so yeah. Here we are. <laughs> and Brandon often says that that commitment is really about knowing that it's not always going to be great, that you just can't, you can't give up if you're committed to the relationship. And so it sounds like you've been together for almost, uh, almost 30, yeah. you've known each other for almost 30 years. Yeah, long time. So what um, is, what's really different about your relationship now? than say 15 years ago, aside from your work, what, what has changed that maybe has surprised you or that we can all draw from? Well, I think in all honesty, doing adult has kind of um, opened up, I guess, sexual, you know, he's opened up much more sexually, um, which is a, a great thing with some of his fantasies. And, um, which is a good thing, but I think we're just, you know, we're in a different place, you know, being parents, um, you know, your priorities change. Um, I don't know if I'm answering, answering your question, but I think it's just, you know, there's different chapters um, that we're going through, but it's just ultimately um, not, not giving up on each other, really just being patient and, and working through um, you know, things and communicating, you know, in all honesty, I would have to say communication is so important because if you can't communicate, you cannot get through anything, you know, you can't. So our communication has definitely gotten better as well. And has your, has your job facilitated some of that? Have you learned about, for instance, sexual or even relationship or logistical communication via your work? A little bit, I guess, you know, it has taught us how not to be because you see so many, unfortunately, there's a lot of, a lot of people that start out in this industry, um, couples that are together and then the the industry pulls them apart. And I think a lot of it has to do with losing your sense of self. So many of these girls now, and I'm not trying to, you know, I don't want to down people in the industry, but this is just reality and what what I see. Um, they become so wrapped up with their alter ego, you know, 
that they forget who they are and their partner kind of gets left and they feel um, insignificant. And, you know, I always told my husband, I'm like, if for some reason um, I, this industry comes between us or we start having problems, I'm done. Like, you know, so I want you to be honest and we need to talk about things. And, um, and, and his, his biggest complaint was, he's like, it's never been your, your, what you do. It's just a lack of time that I get now, you know, so for, for us, you know, time management and, and allowing time, uh, giving him the time that he needs. So, um, yeah. Right. Like, like any other job and with couples all around the world, that's the number one complaint I'm hearing that there's either a lack of time or a lack of presence. So whether you're working in the adult field or working at a dental office or running a, you know, manufacturing company time becomes the issue. And, and that's about, as you said, priorities, you, you either prioritize it or you don't, you're either committed or you're not. Now, Brandon had a question about uh, harassment because because you work in sexuality, I can't imagine the degree of harassment you face uh, in terms of people assuming that it's fair to objectify you, sexualize you at every turn. And so, yeah, Brandon. Just wondering, how do you respond to the harassment? I mean, it must be excessive. And, you know, you and your partner, when somebody does something that really crosses a line in any way, shape or form, dick pics, sorry, let's call it what it is, right? I would imagine yeah, that because right. of what you yeah. do, right? Let's, let's, let's call it all those people that are going to oh, do yeah. this, that are going to send you unsolicited yeah. dick pics or that are going to send you harassing messages. I can only imagine. Yeah. How do you respond to it? Because it's, uh, how do you respond to it? For me, silence is powerful. So I, I just don't respond, you know, because in all honesty, if I, if I responded to every inappropriate pick or, you know, I, I was reading through some of the requests on Instagram and, you know, like, uh, whatever, you have so many requests or whatever. And they, you know, I would love to do this to you, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I, I don't respond, you know, um, just because I, I do believe silence is powerful, powerful. And I don't engage, you know, you will get so many comments and then you have uh, a couple you know uh, derogatory really derogatory and, and um, whatever comments and I just I just delete and block them because a lot of those people they don't they want you to engage they're either looking for confrontation they're looking for a response and I just don't give it to them because it doesn't really matter matter to me you know it doesn't affect my life I'm done goodbye yeah, I mean, that's a great attitude and a great approach to take. I just wonder sometimes how, yeah. because of the industry, people automatically assume that it's okay yeah. for them to send that. Whereas, you know, you're a nurse. Um, that's your, right. you know, that, yeah. that's what your degree is. And I, and I think that you would still have some degree of harassment as a nurse because, you know, because, you're, because you're a woman. And, but I just think yeah. all of a sudden you're in the, in the adult film industry, people take it to the next level times 10. So uh, it, it's so interesting that people want to listen to your conversations at the dinner table, like dinner with Danny. Yeah. Um, they're so intrigued. And then it's this assumption that you're a film star, so I can send you this picture or I can make these derogatory comments. Like it's kind of mind blowing. So I think it's that you're, you're at once, they want to see the human side, but at the same time, they want to treat you as subhuman or as somebody who's, who's on 
the fringes. And so I, I think I think it's great what you're saying that silence is powerful because I could use some of that <laughs> that advice. But and you I, know, I, I love I love your fire. You know, I admire that with people because you know, that's like people that uh, you just give it right back and have quick responses or witty. And that's just not me. I, I just, I'm just, yeah, yeah, I'm just kind of, pet, uh, let it go, you know, but I admire that in people. So don't change who you are. No. Great. <laughs> well, I'm not really good at standing up to people. I'll usually just ask questions and uh, you know, it. why would you say that? Why do you think it's appropriate to write that? Uh, but to take it back into, into the positive space, many of us, I think, consider you the real pro, uh, way more so than someone like me when it comes to sex. So to close out, what advice do you have for people who want to be better in bed? Well, I would have to disagree with you. <laughs> you, are, you are, in theory, okay, because you have all this theory. And then I put it into practice. So I think we're a pretty damn good team. So I don't know about who's really the pro. I think we're equally as qualified. <laughs> don't show everyone how you put it into practice. But thank you. Um, as far as, I don't think um, they'd want to watch it. <laughs> oh, gosh. You are beautiful. And no, yes, I, I agree. However, um, you know, in all honesty, I am not that damn good. You know, people, I mean, when I really, you know, I am a work in progress and I'm okay with that. I, the thing is, I'm just confident and I do what I like. Like if it feels good, I don't care how it looks, even though it's supposed to be this sexual art. You know, part of me is, is um, you know, I, I guess kind of carefree and I want it to be kind of natural, even though I'm acting, because then I feel it looks better for the viewer. So I think, I think the best advice I can give is, is to just, Talk to your partner. Don't be embarrassed. You know, if you're in a committed relationship, you know, um, you owe it to each other to be honest with what you like. Because if you're ooing and eyeing at something that really doesn't feel good, it doesn't help anybody. So just communicate with your partner and don't be embarrassed. You know, what feels good for, for you might not feel good for another girl, but um, the focus is the two of you, you know, and you want to you have great sex. So talk about it you know, explore, experiment, enjoy each other. I think that's great advice. And when I say it, people wouldn't want to watch me. It's not because I don't think I'm sexy or because I don't think I, I oh, you know, it say, feels yeah. good. But what, what, what I, my thing is what I do, like what physically I gets do. me off is maybe not that visually appealing to a lot of people because it's not what you see in porn. Like you may not have good angles oh, on my body yeah. or I may not be moving around in a way that yeah. people are accustomed to seeing. Having said that, for sure. Having said that, it's what I really enjoy. And I do think that I'm not putting it out there. I'm not putting it on tape, people. But I do think people right. would really enjoy it because it is genuine. Like I'm I'm getting yeah. off. I know what I like. It may be very different than what we see in most adult movies, but it's real for me. And so that's what makes it hot, whether that's for me or for Brandon or for someone watching, though it won't be on tape, at least for now. <laughs> right, so I think, right. I think that's the absolute best advice. It's, you know, you're so pragmatic, um, so real. I have such a, an amazing amount of admiration for the work you do and also for the way you manage yourself because... I know it's not an easy job. I know that, you know, one of the other women who was on set with us said that 
once you're an adult star, in many ways, you're unemployable, right? Like if, if you go to jail and you've done your time and you get out, you can get a job. But for you, it's so difficult um, just because of the culture we've created around sexuality. And you have such an amazing attitude in the face of that. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And it's, it's an honor to be on your show. You've done so many great things. You've written books. You're, you're intelligent. You're beautiful. You have a great relationship. So for me, this is a really cool experience. I was very excited. Thank you. And so tell us where we can find you, Kendra. Okay. Well, it seems like Instagram is really popular. Um, and that's where <laughs> everybody sad. <laughs> yeah, you know, but hey, it, it's uh, like Kendra Lust on Instagram, Kendra Lust on Twitter. Um, yeah, those are the, the main two places, KendraLust.com, blah, blah, blah. But um, you'll go there. You'll find most of my stuff. So. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Everybody have a great week. Kendra's insights and experiences, I think, apply to so many of us, certainly to myself. I could feel myself personalizing her stories and her thoughts. And so I just wanted to do a bit of a recap from what we can take out of this discussion. And the first piece relates to people judging your sexuality. And I don't think she said it in these words, but this is how I interpreted it. If someone judges you, for your sexual desires or expressions or profession or practices. It really doesn't have anything to do with you. It has to do with them. It has to do with their own hangups, their own fears, their own insecurities. And I know that this can be a difficult shift to, to, to not care what people think. Yeah, I think it's hard to not care what other people think. We've been taught to care. We often define ourselves by what other people think of us. Yeah, and we're social beings, humans. We, we survive as social beings. But I know I struggle with this. I know that people judge me for what I do for a living. I know that people discount my skills, my expertise, my business acumen, and just say, oh, well, she's peddling sex. But guess what? That's not even about me. <laughs> That's about their own stuff. And sometimes it's around their own perceived gaps or perceived shortcomings. So I think it's a really important reminder. And obviously, if your partner is judging you for what you want, that's something you're going to want to address right away. And it sounds like Kendra and her husband have figured it out in a way that works for both of them, where the relationship is of paramount importance, but sexual expression and, and the individuality of sexual expression is also something they honor within the commitment of their relationship. So that's the first piece. Secondly, what really resonated with me was what Kendra said right off the bat, which is what I do doesn't define me. And this, in Kendra's case, relates both professionally and sexually. And this is a really important reminder for me because in along a slightly different vein, so I'm an entrepreneur, I love my work, I work a lot, and I work because I like it. I'm really passionate about it, but I do know that I can get a little one-dimensional where work is all I do. And, and sometimes that feels fine because my work is so much fun and it's dynamic and it intersects with you know, performance and travel and entertainment and media, but... I talk about it a lot, and I think 
you know, I can be talk about talking about it into the wee hours of the night, and that's not great. Yeah, we're guilty of that, definitely. We came home after the show this weekend. It was 11 o'clock on Sunday, and we were talking about business. And it's this rabbit hole which starts with one thing, and it ends up being a 45-minute conversation because we love it, and we're both very passionate and interested in our work. But I have a hard time letting go at the end of the day. I have a hard time not you know, my mind just is consumed with these work ideas and sometimes they're exciting and sometimes they're work, but it it really detracts from our relationship, my inability to let go. Yeah. And and she said, you know, this is a career that is fun and affords me a nice lifestyle. And I think I I don't really see things that way uh, because I'm having fun. (laughs) <laughs> no, I am having fun, but I do think I let my work define me. And so I think that's something that I need to sit on a little bit. And if you're an entrepreneur, I think it's something we need to discuss. And maybe I should bring someone on to talk about how you set those boundaries when you are so passionate about your work. And then I also think we can learn a lot from what Kendra had to say about the relationship, about not trying to change one another but also acknowledging that you're going to change over time. She's known her husband for 30 years. I would hope they've changed. I I would imagine. I'd be surprised if they didn't, but I think. (laughs) I mean, Brandon is still eight year old Brandon. (laughs) (laughs) Maturity wise. I am the inevitability of change is the only static component, right? Everybody says that. But what I like is I, I, I think I like the version of myself today more so than I liked the version of myself you know, 10, 5, 10, 15 years ago. And I hope that in another 5, 10 or 15 years, I'll like that version of me even more than I like the version today. So I think it's this idea that I'm willing to learn. I'm always open and receptive to the idea of becoming a better person. And I think with that attitude and that understanding of change, that you will be a a much better person. And it's interesting that you say you like yourself more now than 10 years ago. And I like you more too. (laughs) Good news. And I think that if you are always working on being a version of yourself that you like, then the people around you are going to like you more too. And she talked about commitment. And oftentimes my guests will talk about the same three components that are essential to every relationship. And that's commitment. That's communication and confidence. Those three C's, commitment, communication, and confidence. And it's interesting to hear people from all walks of life conveying the same message. And what I, what I try and do is bring people here to share perspectives who, who I admire, whom I admire. People who not only are good at what they do, but are happy in their personal lives and fulfilled in their relationships, however they define it. And also people that are that lead lives that are very different than what other people are leading. Like I thought it's fascinating her work and what she does. I mean, she's an actress. Um, She's in an industry that we're all interested in, in some way, shape or form, but behind the scenes, she's a regular, I mean, if you want to call it that kind of like a quote unquote regular person in that she drops her kids at school, her and her partner, they said, you know, going to the gym and the volunteer opportunities. It's things that I don't think most people would think of first when you said, hey, Kendra is an adult film star with her own company. Right, yeah, and that has to do with our prejudgment of people based on what they do for a living, based on what they look like, based on how we perceive their sex life and their relationships. And she had mentioned that oftentimes 
people learn what she does after they already know and like her. And I'm so curious as to whether or not people would even give her a chance and want to get to know her. And this isn't specific to Kendra, but to all of us, when you hear what someone does for a living or you you learn something about someone and you judge them, you cut off opportunities to get to know really fascinating, lovely, genuine, interesting people. And so the the last piece that I want to drive home, and I think the most important piece around sex that I took out of this conversation, is that if you want to be better in bed, do what you like. Don't worry about what you've seen, what you've read, what you think other people are doing. Confidence is derived from your own pleasure. If you do what feels good for you, it's going to feel good for your partner. I mean, I know that we certainly or you especially, that that's a big part of what you like in bed. You're, you're talking to me right now, not the listeners. Yeah, to you, Brandon. <laughs> I definitely, when I know that you're enjoying something, I enjoy it more. I enjoy the whole process, the, the activity more. So I think if I've learned that even over the last handful of days, talking to other people at, at these shows and learning from Kendra is when you do what works for you, if your partner is open um, accommodating understanding, it's gonna, they're gonna enjoy it too. Right. And I think that doing what you like, and this is interesting because we're hearing from an adult performer here, um, and I think this is part of Kendra's appeal. If you do what you like in bed, it detracts from the performative element of sex and makes it more real, more present, more mindful. And so, yeah, I wonder if the next time you have sex, if you can just do what feels good for you instead of worrying about your technique, instead of worrying about your performance, instead of thinking about how long you're going to last, instead of worrying about how long you're going to take, instead of considering what your partner is thinking, try just doing what feels good for you. And so I'm going to leave it at that with many thanks to Kendra Lust. Of course, thank you to you for listening. Please subscribe and share. We come at you every Friday morning with a new episode. And if we can carve out the time, we'll be doing more. Thank you so much to At Desire Resorts for their support of this podcast. They have multiple clothing optional couples only resorts down on the Mayan Riviera, as well as clothing optional cruise experiences in Europe. So check them out. They are Desire Resorts. Wherever you're at, have a great week and go do what feels good for you. You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Improve your sex life. Improve your life.